content warning. This podcast contains coarse language and cheeky themes. So if you've got kids in the car, colleagues in the office, or a nonna in the kitchen, chuck some headphones in. Who the bloody hell are we? Conversations about immigration and culture in Australia with your hosts, Mel and Sonia. Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Sonia Diorio, and joining me as always is Melissa Viola. Hi, Mel. Hey, Sonia. We're ready for another episode. Yes, nice you to are... see your face on the screen once again. Yes, uh, I put on BB cream for you today. Not foundation, couldn't take that whole step, but I did. I tried to zhuzh myself for you. Ah, oh, great. Your screen's today. a bit blurry, so I can't really, <laughs> <laughs> can't really tell at oh my the God. moment. Cut to the but, core of me. Yeah, I am getting re- uh, used to the screen life. Um, it will be mm. great when we can get back into the studio um, but yeah, we have people via video at the moment and which is great because people can record from wherever they are. Yes. And as, you know, wearing pajama pants, yeah, wearing yeah. regular pants, these things are options. No one needs to be involved. So that's great. Yes. I am very keen for our guest today and I did put on pants for our guest. So like that's a top honor. So feel, yes, feel stoked is, with that. It is. <laughs> well, you should be because we have Karen Veer Malhotra who is an actor and uh, you can see him in What Are The Odds and Selection Day, which are both on Netflix. Thanks for joining us, Karan Veer. Thanks for having me, Sonia. It's been Thanks. so long that I haven't spoken with you and it feels great to be here. I know. It is It is really great uh, to speak to you. Um, I know you from my days working at La Trobe University Student Theatre and Film. Um, yes. I directed a play that you were in. What we wrote. I knew you were going to be a star. I'm like, I think that guy in the Well, it was true. It was true. I could see um, you're very talented. Um, so you, your uh, family is from India but moved to Melbourne. And That's right. what year did you move here? Oh, uh, I moved here in 2014. And yep. thank you so much for that generous introduction, by the way. I just, I have to say something because like yeah. you were one of the first directors I worked with in Melbourne. Oh, and wow. I remember I was one of the only guys in the show. And that was my introduction to uh, theater in Melbourne. And I was like, yeah, this is right. what I want to do. This is it. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. um, I knew that I was the first student theater show that you did. But yeah, I didn't know it was the first, yeah, acting. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first thing Melbourne. that I did. Yeah. That's and so great. It was, it was really good because, you know, we kind of wrote our own stuff and everyone devised their yeah, own pieces. Yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, thank you for that experience. I mean, oh, I just felt really great. Thanks be for being a beautiful performer and, you know, giving your time to the show. So you'd never performed in theatre before? I had done some theatre in Delhi. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where I did half my undergrad. And, uh, but I started off, uh, backstage. So doing a lot of production work, oh. lighting, uh, I, I just, I just thought that I sucked really bad at it. And I had no confidence to come on stage because, uh, yeah, like I had no, uh, training as such. And I was oblivious of what you got to do when you play a character and stuff like that. So I thought I might as well just stay backstage, you know, enjoy the darkness I really liked it I was a huge I'm a huge Batman fan clearly <laughs> and uh, 
but yeah, that was the first time I thought that, okay, I've moved to another con- continent, so might as well take the plunge. Uh, if I make a fool of myself, it's fine because nobody knows me here, so I can't take that risk. Uh, and yeah, that was the first time I stepped on stage uh, acting. Wow. wow. That's awesome. How old were you at the time? I was 18, so I was mm. I was like a young adult, literally. And um, it was your family's choice to move, your parents? Yes, my mother moved here yeah. because she was a teacher back in Delhi mm-hmm. and she got a visa. Uh, she got a permanent residency, so she moved. Then my dad moved and I was actually the last one to come here. I had no plans yeah. of coming here because I was still completing my undergrad and yeah. I didn't want to take a break from it. Uh, also, I felt that education here was really expensive for us mm. to afford at that time because we were we had just moved. So, you know, we didn't know how that's going to pan out. Um, but I, I actually moved here because um, I came to visit my parents because mm-hmm. I had I was on my summer break back in Delhi and I came here just to see them for a month. There was a job opening at at a con- at the Indian consulate, it was like a part-time job, just basic admin job where you needed some computer skills. So I thought, okay, I'm going to come here for a month, work a bit, earn some money, go back. Uh, I was a day late for the job and I thought that, you know, they, oh, no. they, there would be some leniency and, you know, they probably wouldn't have incorporated someone else by then, but they had. Oh. So that was a bummer. So I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next month and a half till I'm here because... My parents were working, so I couldn't have traveled a lot, a lot or I didn't have the funds to really go around. Mm. And and that's when, you know, I slowly started. I just started roaming the streets. I just <laughs> I, I love the city life. It was a, in mm. fact, this was the first time I was going outside of India. And so that entire mm. bubble of traveling abroad to a first world country was very new to me. So, you know, mm. I was absorbing that you know, breathing the fresh air that you hardly get back in Delhi because it's so polluted. Mm. Uh, So that's like, I was just wondering and uh, I somehow landed and I watched this film uh, at the Indian Film Festival of Melbourne. And I really liked that film. And something inside me was like, because this was the time when you can quote unquote say I was soul searching, not in a, not in a, you know, not in a eight pray uh, love way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but it was more of it was just natural. It just came to me because I was all by myself. Yeah. I had no friends. I was away from the culture that I came from. So I thought that it w- it just happened organically, and that's how. Then I obviously I thought that I won't go back because I love the air. <laughs> I thought that I, you know, it just it just yeah. smells better and I feel better. Uh, Though eventually I contradicted myself and did move to Mumbai later yeah. on, but that's another story. Uh, so yeah, then I joined Latrobe where I completed half my undergrad. And then I was like, let's just do it. You know, let's just, let's, whatever that, like something that has always been planted in my heart since a few years, I thought, why not explore it? Why not just jump at it? And and that's how student theater happened to me. And then subsequently I started doing independent theater, fringe festivals, and then it just, I just started growing as a person and I just, I don't know, I just transformed inside. Also, I've become more good looking since then. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so I mean, both internal and external you, You've shifted from being a teenager <clears throat> to an adult and I feel like everyone has their awkward teen years and then yeah. 
you come out a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> Thank <end>. you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so exciting. I mean, that's such a huge change from such a young age. Were you studying anything artistic that would then kind of like complement doing student theatre? What kind of course were you studying? So um, I, I think I always had an artistic inclination, but with the kind of education system that there was in India, it didn't really support that. So, and, you know, I mean, come on, there is a South Asian conception that you got to get, you know, the, you got to be an accountant, a lawyer, an engineer, that exists, you know. Uh, And similarly, in my family, it had to be something practical, something uh, that my parents could see me earning money. So I studied commerce in Mm -hmm. Delhi and, uh, and I had already completed uh, half my undergrad there. So my entire challenge was to join university, but I didn't want to start from the beginning because I didn't want to start studying the same subjects that I wasn't interested in. So luckily I got an opportunity to continue my undergrad and actually Latrobe is like, they were really generous that way. They accepted all my credits. So I didn't have to start my undergrad from the beginning. So I thought I might as well just complete my course. Uh, But subsequently I started taking uh, acting classes um, at this place called uh, 16th Street Actor Studio. And and the first, I remember the first day I, I went to the studio, I literally felt that I want a set of Game of Thrones because, <laughs> because, because of the accents, because all, right. all accents used to sound the same to me, all, uh, you know, all foreign accents. So, you know, and everyone was so huge and large and I was like this <laughs> 5'8 little, uh, <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> So I just, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand a word people were saying. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell am I going to act with them? What am I going to talk about? I mean. Uh, you were in a room full of Carl Dragos, basically. Yes, that's it. And hey, everyone, I wouldn't complain and, about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's, so that was my artistic learning. I mean, a formal mm-hmm. artistic learning because mm-hmm. I was paying for it. Um and yeah, subsequently, I was doing a lot of jobs as well to support that because it, it's an expensive thing to do. So yeah. everything from working at call centers, delivering pizzas, living the student life. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's how that's how I went about things. So my like I used to have hectic days, which was yeah, which was a blessing, I think, now because <laughs> I'm just at home. I mean, I remember, <laughs> yeah, when we were doing the play. And mm. it was a very important rehearsal. I don't know if it yeah. was our dress rehearsal or it was something. It was something important. And you let you told me very last minute that you had to fly to Sydney. Oh yes. And that you were gonna miss the dress rehearsal or you were gonna you could make it for like the last <laughs> half hour or something so you did have a very hectic schedule I was like what what is he doing we're putting on this play he's studying at uni here and all of a sudden he's flying to Sydney for an event or something I I can't quite remember what it was it was it was like some last minute workshop that came up and I was like okay I can probably squeeze it in. I can do it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll make yeah, it in yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I did. But I did turn up for the rehearsal, I think, just half an hour before it was about to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards you were like, 
oh, why aren't I in, in any of the photos of the show? And I'm like, we photographed dress rehearsal. <laughs> you weren't there. Regrets. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it shows how much you were really throwing yourself into everything. And, I mean, that's the beauty yeah. of student theatre that people can be studying commerce or something that is not creative but then yep. still be able to perform pr- practically in shows. I think what really pushed me and challenged me Mm -hmm. was that I was in a room full of quote unquote white people. And, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of like there was this, obviously everyone was very friendly and very warm and very welcoming. That wasn't any, that wasn't an issue anytime, but it was just foreign. You know, it was a new, it was a new situation that I was put in. But if I feel, I mean, it, it'll be great if if the room is diverse and you have people from all countries and continents, etc. But what really pushed me to work harder was to kind of be relatable to people a bit. You know, even the way I spoke. I mean, it's great that you guys can understand the way I'm talking right now. I had a hard time with accents. People couldn't understand what I was saying uh, because I used to speak really fast. My English was muffled. Um... I was very conscious about my words, about the pronunciations, etc. But uh, I think it's only because of, uh, I think, um, uh, it's, it's because it was challenging for me at that point of time that mm. I, want, I worked on it. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I think it is, it was just my experience that I wanted to share. Oh, and I absolutely. probably yeah. wouldn't have... Uh, you know, if I would have felt more comfortable, then I would have probably not worked at it that much mm-hmm. and not be more, uh, I don't know, a, a little more generalized as my agent says that you need you need your accent to be generalized. You need your, uh, which is a very uh, weird thing to say. But anyway, that exists. Yeah. Um, I don't know what point I was making here, but I was just, it was just an anecdote that I wanted to share. No, that's great. <laughs> I mean... I totally get that. It's it's such an individual experience. Exactly. And for some people it's like this is fine. I'm 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 able to push myself in a very um you know uh, foreign environment. Yeah. For others it's kind of like I, I did have people repulsive. comment. Yeah, yeah mm. I had people comment to me I wanted to come to the auditions but I didn't um because I thought well everyone's you know Australian English speaking and mm. why would anyone cast me when I'm what yeah. have an accent as opposed yeah. to the other people um and and that's just yeah it's a barrier to in getting people to that audition and then mm. you know um how, how do you break down those barriers how do you make sure that people realize that this is a space for them um, totally yeah. but it's like what you said Karen be like it's you're learn you're not just learning a new skill like you you're you're learning to be in a, in a part of a group and a cast you're learning all of these like weird activities that like theater provides you know student theater is yeah. full of all of these like weird traditions and and you know all of these exercises that we do together so you're exposing yourself to all these really bananas things that if you've never done theater before you think that all thespians are crazy which is like pretty fair yeah, and then you've is. got this and then you've got this added level of you know worrying about accents and and stressing about culture and, and hoping that you can you know assimilate I totally understand mm. why that would be stressful and I think it's awesome that you found it not only um that not only you found uh, 
a, a, a skill that you loved mm. and that you, a profession that you wanted to continue down, but also that yep. you had a good time. Like that's awesome because student theatre can be awesome, but it can also be the worst. It's either the best yeah. or it's the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah, I think it also really depends on the people you're working with. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, it. Like you can. I think race is race, and you know the nationalities are like a broader, broader term. But it also comes down to individual politics. It comes down mm. to the kind of people who are who you're involved with in the process of auditioning, in the process of working with. And I was really lucky there because you know I worked with some amazing people, not just in student theater, but outside mm. of it. I thought I think I wouldn't have probably continued with this profession if I would have probably met people who had different ideologies. And yeah. I'm like I'm, I accept all ideologies and all political views. But uh, I think when you're in a collaborative art form, it needs like you need to have that synchronicity. You need to have that understanding that that mechanism to to work together. And I think yeah. that's something that really worked with me. And it doesn't really depend. I think it all comes down to your heart at the end of the day. It doesn't really depend which skin color you're from. You can work on your accents. You can work on mm-hmm. on your, I don't know, uh, other things, the external things. But that's something that is really important, I feel. And the good thing is that because of the political landscape that we are in these days, everyone's becoming more sensitized. Uh, or I'd say they're, they're extremities, extremities right now. You know, there's there like there's this side of the line which is extremely sensitive you know they they're voicing their opinions for the good and then there's a uh, there's another side which is still holding on to their holding on to the to the decade long uh, uh you know values or traditions uh, yeah and um so yeah like that way i got really lucky and uh and and like sonia said you just it's a very individual experience so yeah. Uh, you know, I would give credit to everyone, you know, in fact, uh, in Australia, uh, I would say white people, uh, because it just, it, because they were really welcoming, and they were really good to me, and they were really uh, open. So, you know, that those prejudices of, uh, of, okay, this is going to be really nasty, or this is going to be really hard, mm. that didn't happen with me. If Yeah, so. I think student theatre is a... Uh, well, our student theatre that we experienced at La Trobe is uh, a very welcoming environment. And obviously you're yeah. working with a fantastic director to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it's just um, really beautiful too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, it is very welcoming. But um, I think the issue is um, people feeling like they can they can enter that space because once you're there, it is welcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's yeah. things that, yeah, stop people getting there which didn't happen in your case um which is great you did a few shows I mean you did (laughs) yeah the show we did together was at La Trobe and then you went on to do um another theater production with us and that had two seasons the second one was at La Mama so you performed in an iconic Melbourne theater how great it was amazing I I, like I think that was one of the best shows. I mean, I love your show also, Sonia. But I've done like <laughs> I spent so much time with Bob and the cast. Yeah, yeah. I, and that it was really natural to kind of develop an aficionado, if that's if that's how you pronounce the word, with you know group you spend more time with. I don't know. It was an awesome show. <laughs> yeah, it was an yeah. awesome, awesome show, and uh, uh, and the space like La Mama. I like it's really unfortunate what happened to that mm. space after that. Um, 
but I, I think I was lucky enough to to be a part of that space. And there's this energy, you know, in, in it that's so, uh, it's so warm and it's like, mm. it's so passionate and so cozy. I think that's the word. Cozy. That it's, it's a small space, it's, but you well, just... It's yeah. all the layers of paint. It gets smaller and smaller each year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always painting the sets yeah. in there. So yeah, I was yeah, I was lucky enough to perform there. And with Bob, of course, gotta learn a lot from him. I think mm. he's he's fantastic. So what were your first impressions when you came here? Um, I guess you loved the city. Yes. Where were your parents living? So they were staying in reservoirs, very close to Latrobe. Um, yeah, yeah. Latrobe was literally walking distance from my place. That's one of the reasons I went back to uni. Yeah, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> convenient. Convenient. <laughs> I love um, but then, yeah, I, I, I think I saw a match, a cricket match at MCG, mm. and I was mm. like, and I was enjoying my beer. I don't drink anymore, but you know, I was like young, <laughs> yeah. eighteen. I was like, this is the life that you got to live. You know, you got to enjoy your beer. You got to enjoy the cricket. That's what life's about. Yeah. Um, things have changed from then. I've become yeah. a lot more sober. I've become uh, <laughs> better in a way. Uh, I mean, I still love the occasional beer, but yeah, that's pre- that 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 was my first introduction to Melbourne. How, yeah how shallow it may be but that's the truth (laughs) yeah cricket and now the series that you're in selection day is all about cricket yeah yeah I I mean I love the sport so it was uh and I think as actors and as creators I think it's just your work seems a lot more fun when you know there's a topic that you relate to or you enjoy like it doesn't seem like work you know it does it just kind of flows so, uh, so yeah, it was fun working in Selection Day. And uh, in fact, I didn't know much about Netflix before working on the show yeah. <laughs> because uh, I, I didn't watch a lot of Netflix or, or Amazon or these streaming platforms before. I wasn't really aware about them. Uh, but it's, it's after that I worked on the series, I realized, so this is a big thing. Like people <laughs> watch Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. What's this a lot? It's kind of I should big. probably download it. I should sub- I subscribe <laughs> to it after doing a show. I was like, That's okay, amazing. I, I got to subscribe for it because my show is coming out on it. Yeah. You said that you've moved back to um, Mumbai. Mumbai. And yep. when did you move back? I moved to Bom- Mumbai in Mumbai, 2017. Yeah. I had mm. auditioned for a film, What Are the Odds? It took a long time to release yeah. and uh, and it just came out this year. So I went in 2017 to shoot that film. Uh, I just self-taped it, sent it across. You know, the director liked my work, so they called me in. And it's after that that I shot for another series called The Forgotten Army. Uh, that's on Amazon Prime. And, it, and mm-hmm. Selection it was actually the last thing that I shot for. But it happened to be so that it was the first thing that, to come out. And so I think I started shooting in 2018. Yep. Somewhere, I think in July, June, July, 2018. And I mean, it was great. It was great to be. And that's the thing that, I, you know, I discovered that once you spend time, you know, in a country like Australia, you know, when you worked in Melbourne for four or five years, you just have a very different impression when you're going back to your homeland. Yeah. In, in a sense, mm. you know, you just see things in a different way. You have very mixed feelings. Uh, and I just felt like, I I am there, but 
like some part of me is also in Australia mm-hmm. and it's like that it's a little conflicted and even when I'm here it's the same I feel okay I'm here but there's a part of me that's also there you know so it's uh I mean I, no complaints it's great because uh, I enjoy both the places a lot the people yeah. have great friends here as well as in Mumbai and uh, and yeah I'm just really grateful that you know I have I keep traveling to and fro these two places Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah I mean the culture cultures are really different but then you get to learn a lot from people I think because it is so different. Yeah. So you've got um obviously your parents here so yeah. you'd you know come here to visit them spend time yeah. with them and then Mumbai is work and opportunity that yeah. um is yeah perhaps not here. In terms of acting, um, did mm. you audition for any films or TV or anything like that here, or did the opportunity just come up quite quickly to go to Mumbai? Um, so I actually did a show last year for the Australian mm. Shakespeare Company, mm. uh, cool. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and so I, I think uh, that's a very good question because I think a lot of work is coming along mm. in Melbourne as well yep. in the recent years. And uh, I think this, I mean, it's, I think it's very nasty to say that it might, might be like a disguised blessing in a way because of this COVID situation. I've like, these are the rumors that a lot of work is kind of being channelized to places like New Zealand and Australia because yep. it's really hard to shoot in places like the US and UK yep. at this point. Not, not yeah. UK really, but I think the US at this mm. point in time. So luckily I, you know, I, I got, uh, I had I have agents here who give me this inside gossip, and so I think, and it's also not just that. I think it's also, uh, you know, the bridging of cultures. Like I yeah. think the entire identity of being Australian is just very diversified now. You know, it's like it's just so broad, and I think that's something that stories are going to tap in as well. Because at, at the end of the day, it is these immigrant stories. Yeah, I remember when you you went to Mumbai and you were working for a bit and then you came back to Australia and maybe we caught up. Um, yeah. But it was only a matter of a couple of years and we'd heard, oh, Karan Veer shot a series. It's going to be on Netflix. And he shot a feature film and, like, you'd only been there for such a short time and you'd yeah. already shot these number of um productions and Mm. for us here that seems like an impossible thing to do yeah i mean uh, and that's like i said it's it's just that the industry is more established there absolutely and i feel more opportunity like it's more sporadic here the work like my agent tells Mm. me okay there's this ad there's a show but it's after like like the time gap between them is quite large uh, yeah. it's just, I think the entire struggle or the entire, um, I, you know, the persuasion would be to kind of decrease that time gap between projects for artists. Mm. And, mm. uh, it's like, as you were mentioning that, you know, the government has invested those funds and like, I've heard very mixed things about it, yeah. which I don't know. I'm, I'm not really aware about that much. So I won't really talk about it, you know, just because I, I, it's something that I haven't really researched that, uh, so much but i hope whatever it is it does facilitate some it does facilitate a boost that this you know australia needs in terms of the arts and in terms of productions and in terms of 
uh, artists literally making a livelihood just out of their art and they don't have to do other things to survive. I don't, I mean, that's just sad. And yeah, I mean, I just hope things change. So you got the opportunity in 2017 to go to Mumbai to shoot at What Are The Odds. Was there an expectation that you would stay there and keep working on films over there or were you kind of seeing it as like, I'm going to go over there, I'm going to shoot this thing and like live between both cities? That was exactly the thought. I I didn't Mm -hmm. think that I'm going to stay there because my family was here. I'm not from Mumbai, so I didn't have anyone that I know there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And like even my friends here, like, like I was in touch with Sonia and with you know a couple of other theater friends and they used to ask me when are you coming back I was like I don't know I'm just shooting <laughs> for this thing I'm going to come back as soon as this finishes so it's uh it was really unexpected uh and but I was enjoying it at the end at the end of the day as artists I feel we just need uh you know that opportunity opportunity to voice what we feel and I was mm-hmm. getting that opportunity there and that entire skepticism kept playing in my head that if I go back, I might not get these opportunities that I'm getting here. Mm. And, you know, even even the kind of roles that I might get here would be would be so stereotyped and they would be so uh, meager yeah. in terms of in terms of my creative growth that I mm. won't be fulfilled. Uh, so that's that's the reason why I stuck around there longer. Luckily, I got a couple of more gigs and um and yeah, I mean, things have completely changed now since the past five, six months because the industry there has completely, it, it's on a halt. Things are starting mm-hmm. up now, but it's still very, if everyone's a little iffy in terms yeah. of, you know, whether they want to go outdoors and shoot because it, now, because the crew size is much more uh, yeah. as compared to Melbourne. And, uh, and with that, the risk of the virus is also more. Were you involved or going to be involved in any productions or any work that got cancelled or put on hold? I was, I, I had signed a show. It was, it was mm. a show for Netflix, but it didn't go yeah. on hold because uh, it was still in the process of, they were auditioning people and stuff, but then, yeah. and you know, I was selected, but then they wanted to shoot in October. They're yeah. still very optimistic, but mm. I... I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I was, in fact, about to do a show at MTC uh, in oh, in August. Wow. So yep. this was uh, so my teacher uh, Bronwyn. Uh, she was teaching me at 16th Street. There was a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the play's the play's name was The Rabbit Hole. Uh, yep. I'm forgetting the name of the playwright, but that was really exciting. And I was and we had like an entire Zoom session. We read our yep. lines and stuff like that. And I was really excited to perform at, at the MTC because I've just looked at it. I've watched shows there and, yeah. you know, I've, mm. that entire uh, grandeur of, you know, performing at the MTC was, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there going to be more diverse people on the MTC stage. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. I was like, uh, I was really excited for it. But then now they've pushed it to next year sometime, but. I don't really see it happening. So that was one of the big setbacks because I was really looking forward to performing there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, but you know, I mean, I've, I've tried to focus on the positives, mm. you know, because I've realized that, you know, I mean, I can probably, I, you know, I've had my bouts of anxiety and depression because of everything that's happening around, but I'm just literally trying to do things that I like to do, you know, even yeah. if it's, watching films that I've probably never watched before, but I've wanted to, you know, just because it kind of uh, grows Netflix. my, 
Yeah. <laughs> watching Netflix. yourself on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I've, done, I've gone past that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I've kind of accepted the situation, but I'm just, yeah, just hoping that, you know, things are going to get better. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's time and it's uncertainty. And yeah. unfortunately for the industry that you're in, that we're in, um, we're in arts, yeah. well, Arts, film, production, performing, um, it's, it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. Definitely. You, you mentioned that your, your mother came here and then you followed later on. Um, yeah. Were your parents also um, pretty set on staying here after they, they'd arrived? Did they ever think of, yeah, moving back or was it like we've hit Melbourne, this is – this is where we're uh, going to be. Not like they came with the intention of staying here because, mm-hmm. because of a better life uh, yeah. that, you know, a city like Melbourne and a country like Australia offers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, they were quite sad that they, but because they moved here when they were almost 50. So, but, yeah. so it was hard because they had to start from the scratch. And yeah. because my dad had a business in Delhi, which didn't really work. So, you know, it, it wasn't the case where he could just join a job or, you know, get into the corporate world because he wasn't really uh, attuned in, in tune with that. So, I mean, uh, he had to start from the beginning as well, like, you know, from working in factories to delivering pizzas. In fact, my dad and I, we used to work in a factory together. So, you know, mm. I mean, that was like bonding time yeah. <laughs> at 4 a.m. in the morning. We worked <laughs> for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but, but they love here. They love it here. They, yeah. you know, uh, the, this country does provide opportunity opportunities that you know probably a country like India wouldn't give to someone mm. who isn't really at the top of their game in terms of the qualifications because everything is corporatized corporatized there whatever the word yeah. is you yeah. know because of the MNCs and stuff like that uh, but you know a country like Australia does uh, value uh, you know value just effort and uh, what you bring on the table in terms of your hard work. And that's mm-hmm. how, that's how my parents moved up the lad- ladder and, you know, they finally uh, ha- are somewhat comfortable now after four or five years. Mm. It's so interesting because obviously every single individual person's um, immigration story is so different. Um, yeah. Everyone's experience is so different. And even in the same family, for example, I mean, your parents, they have more opportunity here, whereas you in your field of acting, yeah. it's like, well, Mumbai offers you a lot more than Melbourne has so far. That's um, right. And that's the dichotomy because yeah. because my mother's always like, oh, why don't you just do something here? I, and I tell her that I'd love to do something here, but yeah. there needs to be an opportunity for me to do something here and if I'm getting a chance to do something that I love doing but elsewhere then why not take that opportunity even if it's going back because uh, honestly you know the way they think is because it's a third world country at the end of the day Mm. Uh, you know there's a lot of traffic there's a lot of pollution there's a lot of uh, bad politics uh, which Australia is not really alienated with. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I don't know where you could go to get away from bad politics. I know. <laughs> in the world. So, so you know, we had we have these constant arguments at home, and, mm. and uh, but then yeah, like they've accepted what I do now, like they are. But this COVID thing is changing their mind because they see me at home and they're like, oh, 
what is he doing in life? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then and then I pretend oh I'm on I'm on a very important Zoom call right now. Uh, you know I have to I'm talking to very important directors and you know some theater personalities, creative people, <laughs> and we're discussing ideas. Uh, is that, that what that's what I told them. Yeah, I told right them before now. this. Before yeah. this <laughs> so th- then they're like, okay, he's doing something in his life. Yep. So yeah, yeah. you just got to yeah. pretend. <laughs> what, Did you make what, it? <laughs> what were your reactions at 18 hearing that they were going to, or 17 whenever they did move? Mm-hmm. What were your reactions to that? Did you kind of feel like a little bit, were you surprised by it? Did, did you feel negatively about them making this huge change? Or was it something exciting that you were like, cool, you do that and, you know, I'll come mm-hmm. visit you? <laughs> no, it was hard because, uh, like I said, I've, it was the first time I was going overseas. My mother was going overseas for the first time. Uh, my dad had been to a couple of places before that in the States and probably he'd been to London once. Uh, so it was a huge move. Literally the first time we were all going out of the country was to migrate. And that doesn't happen so often, you know, because you hear people go, go for a holiday in Bali, Maldives, Singapore. Mm -hmm. We hadn't done that. Like, because, uh, we didn't have the, have the means or the opportunity to do Mm -hmm. so. So the first time we got the opportunity to like go out was to, okay, let's build a new life. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was hard. And I mean, I remember my mother used to have like sleepless nights because she was, she had a good job. She was a teacher and, you know, she was quite, uh, re, you know, relaxed in her, in her income and stuff like that. So it was hard on her. My dad, uh, you know, he, because I said that the business he was a part of didn't really work. So, you know, this was the only opportunity that he had to kind of to get his life going and also the family's life going in the process so it took it took us like good six to eight months to come to the decision that okay you know we are going to move out and we are going to start from the scratch and uh and yeah but uh in fact just a little anecdote though uh so my mother works in the medical field now and uh it's the the way she got her job was she was working in a factory as well and uh, so she was up the ladder, you know, trying to, I don't know, get something from one mm. of the, one of those machines, those rotatory machines, whatever those they're, they're called. And she fell off and she kind of injured her, her wrist. And she just went to a medical clinic after that to, you know, get her wrist fixed. Mm. And the doctor just liked the way she spoke and he offered her a job as an assistant at the center. And she's wow. been in the medical field <laughs> since then since the past five years and she had no idea about the field and like she's she, you know she switched jobs now she's working for a better clinic she's at a better position so uh i mean it i think we she just got l- lucky in a way <laughs> yeah um so what you're saying is i should go out and injure myself yeah, to get a job, yeah. i can do that <laughs> there's countless films tv um, shows, um, literature about how difficult it is for um, teens or young adults to move with their family, like, or even like move to a different town where you're in a different school, um, mm. move to a different state, let alone a different country. Because it's like, I've got my friends, um, I've got my, I'm starting to make my son of life here and then you're, yeah, you you have to make that huge shift. Yeah, just figuring out your identity. Yeah, yeah, you're it figuring was. out your identity, yeah. 
I mean, uh, and that's exactly the question that I used to ask myself a lot, that who the mm. hell am I, you know? Yeah. Like, and that, you know, because it it was at this, I think I was 21 or 22. I think what really uh, worked in my favor was that I never planned that I'm going to come here to migrate. I was coming here with the mindset that mm. okay, I'm going there for a job. I'll do that for some time, get some money and come back to India and complete my undergrad. I think it would have been completely different of you know, for me, the experience of, you know, moving to another place, if I had gone with the mindset or come here with the mindset that, okay, I'm going to stay here. Uh, I didn't really pack a lot as well. I just took like a month, like whatever I could. I was, I was literally living off, living off a suitcase because I thought that that's, you know, I just, that's all I need. Um, But it's because, you know, somehow situations worked in, in a way that I, I settled here. Uh, And I used to ask my myself that question so much who the hell am I you know what is nationality what is you know like what like even names for that matter because people couldn't pronounce my name at all and I was literally at a point where I thought okay I'm going to change my name because nobody can pronounce it so like there have mm. been different abbreviations to my name people call me Kaz some some people call me Kaza some people call me Cav and I, I find I find that really cool a Kaza uh, so uh, so, you know, I was literally going through that, uh, you know, through, I don't know, an existential crisis, yeah. thinking about what, what am I really here for? Not just Australia, but just the planet. Like, why the hell am I here? You don't really strike me as a Kaza. <laughs> I like it. I like, I like, <laughs> it's yeah. very Aussie. But that's, yeah. that's my name on my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. Were you? Is, have I remembered this wrong, or were you? Um, were people calling you Karan, Karan at some stage instead of yeah. Karanveer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that that's fine because that's my name, and Just a like a lot of people yeah. make it shorter. But people yeah. used to call me all kinds of things, and I was like, "Who the hell are you calling? <laughs> that, that's not even me, man!" Like, uh, but it, it was like some people genuinely used to pronounce my name or give me different names because they genuinely couldn't, prefer, you know, say it. Yeah. Some people yeah. were just lazy. Yeah. Like, they just didn't want to make that effort. I was like, what the fuck, exactly. man? <laughs> just, yeah. just learn my name. <laughs> and you said about before about how you got here and people couldn't understand you and your accent mm. was strong and that sort of thing. But it works both ways because, as you said, yeah. the Australians around you also had a strong accents that yeah. aren't easy to understand mm. but um <laughs> for yeah it, it's often people who are from english speaking backgrounds that don't perceive themselves as having an accent but we all do mm. exactly yeah in fact i remember the first time i was trying to find an agent here my mm. accent was pretty strong at that time. Yeah. So I, I chose a materi- material pur- purposely so that uh, there's no accent to it. So Shakespeare was the first thing that came to my head because I don't need an accent for that. Like yeah. Shakespeare doesn't have an accent. You can perform Shakespeare anywhere. Yep. Rome, you want me to put a Ro- Romanian accent? You you do that and show me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I performed. Uh, so, you know, when I was trying to find my agents, I was I did this. Uh, so I prepared two pieces one was Othello and uh, the other one was Romeo because of the two diverse uh, in terms of their characteristics 
and a lot of people a lot of agents were like use a generalized accent and i didn't know what a generalized accent meant like does it mean an american accent should should i just use you know should my vowels be more elongated should it be an australian accent a little held back what do i do what's generalized uh but luckily you know i i don't have those agents anymore i'm not mm. working with those people because they didn't know what to get out of me and uh, and that and it comes like i just coming back to what i said earlier that it literally depends on you know the person's mentality it doesn't it just mm. i think i think when you know it, when you are in a position of privilege it's mm. your choice to make an effort if you do make an effort it does good to someone who's probably not uh in that position of privilege but then there are people who are in that position and they don't make an effort and then that's wrong and that's when things go astray you know people feel neglect neglected people feel uh you know as if they don't belong to a certain mm-hmm. place and they're not wanted uh but it's it's just about making that choice and taking that one step that might make a f- person feel more inclusive rather than you know creating that barrier between two human beings yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean, more generalized accent. I've got no, no idea what that means because yeah, accents yeah. aren't general; they're specific. <laughs> exactly. I mean, generalized, neutralized. I was like, whoa, yeah. what? That's also what such a dangerous thing. Like, you wanna you wanna be casting someone because they're bringing something interesting to the table. You wanna mm-hmm. be casting yeah. someone because they they fill the criteria of the character, but they also can bring their own flair and their own identity to it. Um, generalized is so gross. Like that's such an yeah. awful I word mean, to use. I mean, they could have been like it would have been great if they would have said specific. You need to have a specific Australian accent. Then I could have worked yes. on it. I could have worked on an Australian accent, or you know. And that just gives me something to, I don't know, put some effort towards. But generalize, what do I do? Should I like, I don't know mm. how to talk in a generalized way. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And look, the, another issue is also that um, because we do have such a white arts community here that people aren't um, adept at talking to people from different cultures or, you know, with different backgrounds and, and, um, you know, maybe they don't explain things out of fear of like, oh, I don't want to sound like inappropriate or something. And so they, they make things even worse. I don't know. By that's true. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Also that fear of they might just sound politically wrong, but then, they don't yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, have any yeah. other way of putting the message through because and then it just doesn't work because yeah. if you're like not if you have saying a concern anything, that yeah. you're being politically incorrect maybe go with your gut that you're saying something wrong <laughs> yeah. exactly maybe maybe reflect yes. on what you're asking someone to do when you ask them to generalize an accent you you mentioned that you did um pieces for Romeo and Othello yeah. two very different characters now having yeah. watched um what are the odds and also select a bit of selection day um that you can you can see Karanveer on they're both on Netflix they're also two very different characters i mean what are the odds that is such a sweet film such lovable likable characters and then you you know selection day a bit more of an asshole um (laughs) that's cool getting to really i'm a big asshole in it (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. exactly i'm a dick (laughs) yeah but it's great that you know you you went back and you you found roles but not even like roles that 
you know, expanded your um, skills as an actor, you know, playing yeah. someone really sweet mm. and likable and then playing the big arsehole. Mm. Uh, did, you, did you enjoy playing the arsehole? Of course, I loved it. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's really cathartic to be an arsehole. Mm. I mean, when you're playing a character, not, not, not just outside of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just really, it just, yeah. I just felt like I became a better person after that because I just threw all my hatred out of me. <laughs> yeah, great. And it, it, towards the role. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You can watch Karan being an arsehole in Selection Day on Netflix, you can watch the very, very beautiful and sweet and quirky film, What Are the Odds, on Netflix. And um, what was the show on Amazon Prime that you're it's in? It's called The Forgotten Army. The Forgotten <laughs> Army. Sorry, is it a yeah. film? It's a, uh, it's a mini-series, so it's mini-series. like five episodes. Yeah. Check that cool. out Listeners too. definitely give What Are the Odds uh, spin on Netflix. It's really gorgeous, really energetic. It's the kind of thing that you need to watch in COVID. It's just oh, a absolutely. really lovely, happy-go-lucky flick. And, I, yeah, totally loved it. Yeah. Thanks, um, guys. You guys are too sweet. It's just you. not It's not believable. <laughs> i got to switch it on, like switch it off and switch it on again. No. Yeah. It's really kind of you guys. Thank you so much. No, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you for so, making a gorgeous yeah, film. Yeah, being so giving with your experiences and stories. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if you have enjoyed the episode and if you are enjoying the podcast so far, you can find us on Patreon and help us make season four of this podcast. Um, for a few dollars a month, you'll get a bonus episode per month. You'll get our fortnightly newsletter and we'll give you a shout out on the show. So please, if you do enjoy and can support us, um, do that. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Who the Bloody Hell Are We? If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Audio production and original music is by Andre Christodoulou. Search for us on Facebook for more information about our guests, fun content and to keep the conversation going. Hold up. 